Good morning, everyone. Hope you are well. Uh, I'm back here. Oh, here. We, oh, there we go. Sarah's got it. That's good. Uh, my name is Jordan. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to our long weekend, the last long weekend of summer. Yay! Boo! Um, I'm a. Uh, ooh, that's a good sound. I'm a. I'm not a. Whew. Growing up, I grew up in uh, Calgary. Uh, anybody from Calgary here? I would thought there would be 75% of the people are from Calgary here. That seems what Kelowna is. It's a, it's a place. But came from Calgary. Anybody ever lived on the prairies? There you go. There we go. And uh, on the prairies, as a kid, you really look forward to uh, one thing, and one thing only, and that's summer. And you just are so excited for summer because summer, a Calgary weather system is like this. You have winter. You have post-winter. You have two weeks of beautiful summer, kind of beautiful. All right. And then you have pre-winter and then winter again. That's kind of what you have. And so I was always so excited for, I had like, I loved skiing in the winter and I loved summer. Uh, my life has changed since moving to Kelowna. I do not like summer anymore. Summer is done and dead to me. It's too hot. It's just too much going on that I'm just like, no, thank you. I'm a shoulder season person. I like fall and I like spring. Oh, it falls over here. Anyways, I like fall and I like spring. Big fan of those. Um, uh, who's a big fan of fall? Anybody? Anybody? Who's a big fan of uh, pumpkin spice lattes? Hey, there you go. Uh, there's a few of us. No one wants to admit that. My, my kids are quite excited about that. But we have these things and, and these seasons called, these things called seasons, we all know about them. They change. And uh, we are, we went to the IPE yesterday. Okay, more hands up. We're interactive today. At home, you can uh, press your buzzer if you went here. Anybody go to the IPE this weekend? Hey, there you go. Well, you know, I did pretty good because I said to my wife, we're going to see 20 people we at least recognize. And she said 15. We saw 18. Uh, but ended up Gerald and Carol were there and they saw me, but I didn't see them. So that's 20. So I win the bet. <laughs> but we have these signifiers. And I mean that by this is that we have signifiers in our lives. And, and, uh, and IPE is one summer's coming to an end and we get into fall. And what happens at the summertime is we kind of get... Uh, busted out of our routine. And what I love happening is, is that noise, is I really love that noise. But I also love happening is, is when I can be reminded to get into a new routine. And uh, today, we're just going to take it easy a little bit because we just did this uh, great summer series on the Jesus Code, and then we're going into our visioning series in September. And today is kind of a free freebie. So we're just going to talk for a bit. And we're, gonna, and we're just going to allow the, the warmth of the base to overcome <laughs> what's happening, and uh, it's going to be lovely. Um, oh. If you're online and you can't hear that, you're missing out on a, and maybe I can only hear, I don't know. So there's this uh, band that actually Brian and I listened to this week, His Golden Messenger, and uh, His Golden Messenger is a is a uh, American folk pop music. And I really love looking for, um, in our culture and in, in the way we do things, I love looking for uh, the, the fingerprints of God throughout pop culture because it's there. And if you listen to music at any length, you see little things from Christian bands or non-Christian bands pointing to who Jesus is. And this His Golden Messenger has quite a few songs that point to who Jesus is. But this song is called Sanctuary. Um, 
And this is how it goes. I would play it for us, but we have online restrictions and we don't want to get in trouble. So I'm just going to read this song kind of in a, an American folk thought, have that kind of that feeling behind it. So feeling bad, feeling blue, can't get out of my own mind. I know how to sing about it. Ring of bone, a little honey. I better hit the road, child. That sounds very American folky. We can cry into a phone a while. Jubilee, find me. We knew what, you know what jubilee is. Jubilee is that, that rest and that respite from, from difficult times. Find me, steady with your hope now. That little light's going to last a while, like an arrow in the marrow. I know it feels like hell now till we make it to the other side. You want good news. You want sanctuary. You want to try and get real. Try to get real. Oh, they break you on a wheel. You want to move. You want sanctuary. That's all that I can offer for you. From the bottom of the bone to the bone, get used to the bad news. It's all a part of the show, child. Handsome Johnny had to go, child. What do you feel, brother? Bad dreams? Oh, there's something you should know. Little things that'll cut you down. Ragged people, hard times. The lightning strikes at the poorhouse. The rich man cries like a crocodile. Salvation, despair. But the game that they've taught me, sometimes it feels like it just ain't fair. You want good news? You want sanctuary? When you try to get real, oh, they break you on the wheel. You want to move. You want sanctuary. And this final line. Feeling bad, feeling blue, can't get out of my own mind, but I know how to sing about it. We want sanctuary. We want a place of safety. We want a place of respite and refuge and care. The wheel of this world keeps on turning. The wheel of this place just keeps going. This world starts to, it always is caving in around us, and what we need is sanctuary. That word is beautiful. I love that word. The psalmist, it almost, this song kind of reminds us of David. When David was on the run in the wilderness during a dark and dangerous time of his life, he wanted to find sanctuary. He wanted to find God. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. As we go through, I'm going to probably say the word sanctuary about 1,700 times today. I apologize for that. But what it is, is when we're looking for sanctuary, we're looking for a place to behold God's power and God's glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. We know this word sanctuary. We know the idea of sanctuary. You know, if you've watched the Marvel movies, we have the Sanctus Sanctorum. And that's where all that cool stuff happens. But it's a place in the Bible we talk about. It's this holy place. A holy place where comforting happens, a holy place, a holy time where you can meet with God. That's the original, the originating of that word is a holy place, a place to meet with God, a place where God does miracles. But what we know as sanctuaries now is a little bit different, not bad different, but we know it a little bit differently. 
Well, there you go, holy, sacred place. We know these bird sanctuaries. What's the idea of a bird sanctuary? We, uh, I took my kids on Friday down. There's a couple sanctuaries in Kelowna. There's one by uh, Strathcona Beach. We decided to go in there. It's a bird sanctuary. We saw no birds. So uh, just a little, if you're paying the big price to get in there, you're not going to see many birds. Um, but it's a lovely kind of place to go because there's a nice boardwalk and there's quiet and there's solitude from the rest of the world around us caving in. If you've been to a butterfly sanctuary, you see butterflies and you see how amazing those places can be, how scary they can be. If you are scared of butterflies, do not go to a butterfly sanctuary. But if you love that idea, you go to these butterfly sanctuaries and you see the most tender little creatures with their wings flapping around and they land on you and they stop on you. And then there seems to be this haven of safety that they can fly around, flutter around and be safe while the world is closing in around them. Sanctuary is this idea that when the world is closing in around you, there's a safe place to go. Today I want to talk about three things in that sanctuary. But I want to talk first of all about this idea of prayer. We talk a lot about prayer here. And this is for a reason. Prayer is a place that you can go right now, if you want to, every day, to be in a place of sanctuary. What I don't want us to think about is prayer as a duty or a task that needs doing. Oh, I got to pray again. Or yeah, I know. So then, Jordan, you're saying this. I know I got to get on prayer. It's September. It's time to start again. It's time to start a new rhythm. I got to get on my prayer. That's not what I want us to go away with. What I want us to understand a little bit about prayer today is that prayer is a place that we can stop and we can be in God's presence and kind of shut out the outside world, the pressures and the places that we can be. Of course, we are able to pray continually, always being praying, always asking God, always thinking about things that are happening in our lives and saying, God, what would you do here? What would you do there? But there's a moment if we can remember to get in a rhythm of praying and being in God's presence that helps A little bit of wisdom, perhaps, that I've learned over my lifetime. I'm like kind of not very old, but I heard this wisdom, so that's where I've learned this wisdom. Is that we come into prayer thinking that we need to have it done and we need to have it figured out, that we can walk into prayer and just pray. I grew up in a, uh, a charismatic church, a Pentecostal church, and, and it was wonderful, and so much of that tradition was helpful to me, but there's a time when I was younger that I could just walk into prayer and just pray. I could do it. It was fantastic. I was, I was in the groove. I was in the zone of prayer. It was awesome. But that's a pressure that not all of us can live up to, and that's a pressure that I have found that I can't live up to anymore. Going into a time of prayer, knowing exactly what to say, knowing exactly what to think. And sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves. We're like, I don't know if I can do this. So I want to talk a little bit about what I've done. I, I, I try to stay away from prescriptive sermons as opposed to descriptive. I don't want to tell you what to do. This is just what I've found in my life. I found a place of liturgy. And what liturgy is, obviously, a lot of us know what that would be if you come into here. We, and, and actually, we've, we've practiced a lot of that today with, with, saying, with praying the prayer today. That was a bit of liturgy that we participated in. Uh, if you go to a Lutheran church, you know, you stand up, sit down. There's a lot of order to those services, and that's fantastic. 
But what I want to talk about is my morning prayer routine a little bit to help us with that. Now, what I like to do is I like to find a place, I like to find a comfortable place that I can be in. Um, um, and this is different for everybody. And this is like, you find places that you'll love. So, you know, some people might have a lovely back garden. They like to go sit in their back garden. They might have a couch in their house that is just where they always go. When I was in England, there was a coffee shop that was 45 minutes away that I found sanctuary in. And it was lovely because no one was there, so I went there a few times for my prayer time sanctuary. Turns out, if nobody goes to that place, they close down pretty quick, so I had to move my sanctuary. But you go and you find these places and you find this time away from the rest of the world. Liturgy is a strong tree whose beauty is derived from the continuous renewal of its leaves, but whose strength comes from the old trunk with solid roots on the ground. There is prayers throughout the scripture that we can look to that really help us to form our prayer lives. There is prayers from the from the Christians of old that we can go to, that we can call on to help us pray through our day. And sometimes we think that might be a little bit scary, a little bit odd, and maybe it's not my own prayer, and that's not a good thing. Actually, no, it's a really good thing. And I'll kind of show you, I'm going to take you on a a tour of my prayer, my guided prayer. I'm going to call it guided prayer. So I kind of start off my prayer, get into a place, I could actually be in any mood at this moment. Like, uh, or uh, or any of those between those two moods. I could be in any mood. And I kind of start on this guided prayer, and I kind of start to read through this guided prayer. And as I take it through, this, this takes me about a half hour to get through this time. Not just the This whole time takes me about a half hour, 45 minutes. If I'm really, uh, really want to do it, it could take, surprisingly, an hour and a half. Don't let that scare you. Just let's go with the half hour part of it. Anyways, So we go through a guided prayer. I'm going to show you in a second. And then after that guided prayer, it goes into some scripture where I start to pray scripture. And then all of a sudden, it goes into a petition and a prayer for family. And then it comes back out, and it goes into a a more guided prayer and some more scripture. And then it comes back into a petitioning and an intercession again. And then it comes into this contemplation and a place where I can sit with Jesus. And then it brings us back into a guided prayer again. And what I find is that as I go through this guided prayer and then I pray the scriptures and then I get into my time where I am just conversing back and forth in my own spirit with God, is that my agendas that I may have had when I started my prayer seem to drop away. Do you ever go into prayer time with an agenda? Have you ever had that? I'm going to pray this so, so this happens to this person and this result happens throughout which is not bad. We want to be active in our prayer. But if I could get through this guided prayer and this scripture time, praying the scripture, that informs the way that I'm going to pray. And it informs the way only through the life of Christ as opposed to my own, as to my own thinking, to my own way of being. Our church is one church that loves prayer. If you know Phil for any moment of time, you know that Phil loves prayer. And the Western church has had difficulties with prayer. But I'm going to say one thing that our church hasn't had a difficulty with is teaching us about prayer. You can go online right now, and Phil has some amazing courses on, uh, on praying your way through the COVID pandemic. And you can still use that prayer 
for this time. We have our Seasons podcast, uh, which is still getting downloaded throughout Denmark for some reason right now. Very exciting to me. I see those numbers climbing up uh, in Denmark. And, uh, but there's a, a desire for someone to help us through a prayer time. So this is what, you won't be able to see it all, this is what my prayer looks like. Uh, Eternal God the Father, I'm not going to read it all either because that will make this 25-minute sermon into an hour, two hours. Um, you address God, you have your first prayers, and you always go back to this Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I repeat that three times. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, I just want to say before, uh, I love that people are going to take pictures of that. You're never going to see it, but I do have copies of this later on. So if you are interested in it, I'm going to give copies of that. Then I go into a time of confession, and then a psalm for the day, and then a gospel reading. So then you start to get in the scriptures. You see, you pray a psalm of the day. Whatever psalm is on your psalm of the day, a lot of this comes from... Uh, uh, the church, uh, sorry, the, uh, that's the Book of Common Prayer. A lot of this comes from that, so you can follow that along. Although, side note, the Book of Common Prayer, you need to take a whole master's class to learn how to figure that thing out. It's very difficult. Actually, thank you for laughing, Sarah. Self is going into a bit of a time of liturgy, aren't they? So we're just, I don't know, maybe, the, oh, I, spoilers, I apologize for that. Anyways. But um, there are some really exciting things. Then you go through the Apostles' Creed. And then you have the Jesus Prayer again, Psalm 23, Psalm 91. And then you start praying for family. By the time I get to praying for family, it's just this wonderful time that I just naturally go in praying for my wife and my kids. And then my OCD kicks in and I just want to go into my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my mom and my dad and their friends. And it just keeps going and going again. And eventually I got to stop myself. This is when it takes two hours. Come back, Jordan. Let's go back. And then I go back into Psalm 103 and then the Lord's Prayer. And then the Jesus Prayer again. And then the Lord's Prayer again. You're thinking, what are you telling us to do, Jordan? This is going to be impossible to get through. It is sometimes. By the time I get here, sometimes I'm absolutely done. And that's okay. And then it goes into petition and intercession. And that's a time where you can get your journal out, you can start writing, you can start praying, and you can start saying, God, here, this is what I have on my mind, this is what I have on my heart, this is where I've been, this is where I'm going. And it just really helps to open up and inform you. And then, my favorite part, the sanctuary, it feels like, where you sit with Jesus. This whole time has been leading up to just sitting and stopping. And it's almost like you're sitting across from Jesus and just sitting there in silence. And as you sit, there's this beautiful interaction in the spirit that happens, and it's just this lovely, lovely time of prayer and sanctuary. And then by that time, I feel like I'm done. But then there's a whole other place to go, which is great. But I rarely get to that because it's so long. But it is really good because then you have the prayer to the crucified Christ. Then you read through the Beatitudes and the prayer for peace and then prayer of St. Francis. And then you can keep praying if you want to. Just keep going. But I find this is such a lovely way that I can get into sanctuary. What we haven't done well in the Western world is teach us a little bit how to pray. Give us some structure of how to pray. Because that structure can be very, very good, very, very strong. 
But what we got to be careful of is that we also always make sure the Spirit is included in our liturgy. If this becomes a ritual, it becomes like anything else, it becomes empty. Richard Foster says, forms and rituals do not produce worship, nor does the, dis- nor does the dis- disuse of forms and rituals. We can use all the right t- techniques and methods. We can have all the best possible liturgy. But we have not worshipped the Lord until the Spirit touches us. The whole goal of being in prayer is to allow the Spirit to touch us and to interact with us and to be in our heart. That's a beautiful way to do things. So the first thing about sanctuary is finding a way to have sanctuary in prayer. There's more even. The second place that we find sanctuary is in your traditional sanctuary, this place here. I love going into churches because when you go into a church, there's oftentimes a way that you can just sense the Spirit of God residing in that place. I had an off- opportunity, lovely time to spend living in the, in the UK, and uh, we got to go to so many cathedrals and so many sanctuaries. Now, you go to some of them, and you're like, this place is, I don't have that feeling. This is the Worcester Cathedral, and this is a lovely place. There's a few times that I've walked into a cathedral that I knew, and there was a sanctuary that I knew that there was a presence of God there. And I walk into this one, and I knew that this place was lovely. This here is the, I've got to remember the name of it. It's uh, the St. Aldate's Church, Church in Oxford. This is, a, this is an old place that has been kind of renewed in the spirit. You walk in, and there's an absolute sense of God's presence within that place. Now, we know that God's presence doesn't just reside in this sanctuary, but a place of sanctuary is a place of healing and a place of rest and a place where you can come and you can be healed and you can find rest. That is what we at Willow Park Church want this place to be. That is why South is so desperate to get back. Of course they are. They want to get back into their building. A building isn't where salvation only happens, but a building is where you can come together and be together and be in God's presence. We want this place to be a place that people can come even throughout the week and just stop and sit and be in God's presence. Sanctuary is so important. With this world always caving in around, there needs to be a place of safety. We know what sanctuary is. If you are looking for asylum, you come into sanctuary and you can seek, you can seek that. Jesus is this beautiful, welcoming God. God is our God who welcomes us and we can come into his presence and be in sanctuary with him. Last year, the merit floods happened. And we've talked about this a lot. And there's hundreds of people from this room, from this building, that worked tirelessly to make this a place of sanctuary, to make this a place of safety. Thousands of people came through our doors. The Salvation Army brought, they came in, and we people brought clothing, if you remember. If you are new here and you haven't been here the last eight months, this whole place was full of clothing. It was unreal. Because this place, we have committed to being a place of sanctuary, a place that you can come and you can come and be safe. On a Sunday morning, you can come and you can be here, you can be safe. This is what we want, this is what we desire, is safety for everyone that wants safety. 
The third thing is the prayer, the church, the building, and then the church, the people. You people, me people, us people need to be a place of sanctuary. We are coming into the season of small groups. Small groups are kicking off pretty soon. Can I make an announcement? <laughs> if you want to be a leader of a small group, we're going to have a small group meeting on the 19th of September. And we are desperate for small groups because when you commune with people and when you're in conversation with people and with God's people, you can find a place of sanctuary within those words and within those people. It is so important that we find good news within the people of God. So what do you actually find in sanctuary? A sanctuary is a place where we can find the good news. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the, to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. Set the oppressed free. This place, sanctuary, when you're in God's presence, is good news. And the good news is just that. Recovery of the sight to the blind. The setting the prisoners free. Setting the oppressed free. This world is going to keep on caving in around us. And when you find sanctuary... It's when you can find safety from all that persists. And it's going to keep on persisting. And as we naturally sometimes, we just like, oh, I don't need that sanctuary today. I don't need that sanctuary this week. I don't need to be with my people this week, with my tribe this week. But sometimes we'll, we'll eventually get out of the habit of being around our people. And we can see ourselves slowly starting to drift off left or right. The sanctuary and the confines of a beautiful place where God's presence resides in our hearts and in our spirits is a place that keeps us close. Proverbs 25, 25. Oh, I didn't even put it up there, but I'm going to read it. Proverbs 25, 25. Like cold water in a weary soul, the, so the good news is from a distant land. The good news is every little thing is going to be all right. The message of the good news is either too good to be true or it's just too good not to be true. When we are in sanctuary, we need to be sharing this good news. You go see an amazing show. You want to share all about that show. Yesterday, uh, the Harders and, and the Burgers, we were at, uh, at, at the place, the IPE, and they had the chainsaw people, the lumberjacks. Anybody ever seen the lumberjacks before? Back to raising hands? A couple of us. Never knew it existed until yesterday. That was fun. That was a really nice time. Got to see them cutting stuff and climbing up poles and doing the roll around thing. I want to tell you all about it because it was fun. In sanctuary, we have good news. The good news of Jesus is awesome. And we get to share that. We get to proclaim that. We get to tell everybody about the good news of God. We are living in a place that needs good news. We're living in a world that is desperate for the good news to be proclaimed. Just tell people about how good God is. But I don't know how you want to do it. However you want to do it, just share with them good news. A sanctuary is where people can find respite. And Willow Park wants to be a place where people can find respite. Mark 6, it talks about Jesus feeding the 5,000. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. 
Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and we'll get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat into a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized that they ran on foot from towns all over. And when Jesus landed, he saw such a large crowd that he had compassion on them because there was, they were like sheep without a shepherd. So they began to teach them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's very late. Send the people away so they can go by to the surrounding countryside and village but, and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wage. Are we to go and spend that money on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. And then Jesus broke that and he gave all the people there food and he gave all the people there care and he gave all the people there respite. People were so transfixed on the good news that they forgot that they needed to eat that day. And she's like, look, we have to have compassion. We need to be a place that has respite, that has care, that you can come in, you can feel like you know that this place is a safe place. A sanctuary needs to be a place where people can find mercy and kindness. When I was young, I used to admire intelligent people. As I grew older, I admire kind people. There's some great people in this world. There's some great minds in this world. But what I like to see, and what you like to see, is just kindness. A kind person, a kind word, a kind place, a place of mercy, a place of giving and caring. And we want this place to be a place of kindness and mercy. If we haven't done that, we're sorry. But we want to be a place of kindness. We want to be a place of mercy. We want this a place to be a place where you can come and you can say, hey, look, this place wants me here. The people that you come into, the hands that you shake, this place is a place of kindness and mercy. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Kindness goes such a long way. When we find our place in a place of sanctuary, we can take that kindness and love others with it. Colossians 3, 12 to 13. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, bearing with one another, bearing with one another, and bearing with one another, and then, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. My prayer is that I can be kind and caring and loving. My prayer for this place is that we can be a kind, caring, and loving place. Because a sanctuary is where everyone is welcome. A sanctuary is where everyone is welcome. Therefore... Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Sanctuary is where everyone is welcome. 
Not the cliche, everyone is welcome. Hey, Willow Park Church, we welcome everyone here. No, we actually want to welcome everyone here. Whether you would agree, disagree, find their pasts offensive or not, we want to be a place that you can come in here and feel welcome. Because God welcomed us. And as God has welcomed us, we want to welcome other people. We want to be a place that is overtly welcoming. Just welcome. You're all here. We're all here together. Come on in. Be with us. Find safety. Find love. Find refuge. Therefore, welcome one another, just as the Lord Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. We need sanctuary. And we need to be sanctuary. We need sanctuary and we need to be sanctuary. God's presence is in us and with us so we can take God's presence to other people. God's presence is in and amongst us. And if we keep this lovely message here within these walls and we don't bring it to other people, we have been mistaken. As you come into God's presence in your prayer time, the goal of that prayer time is then to take that out to the people around you and to love and to bless and to care for each other. Be kindness in your work. Be lovely in your work. Be merciful and be forgiving. You know those people that you talk to and you're like, man, they got something different about them. They're lovely. Oh, I want people to say that about me, but they don't. But I want them to say that about me. And I want us to say, hey, we're lovely people. We're a people that are just caring and kind. We want to bring that to people. I'm going to end with this. Asking for forgiveness. I talked at the beginning about my prayer journey. I talked about coming in here into God's presence talked about going into being in groups of people and being in God's presence in those places. But someone might be here today thinking, I can't be in God's presence. I don't deserve to be in God's presence. I've done too much. I've been too far away. I've wandered too far. I can't be in God's presence. I want to read you something from Joy Harjo, Asking for Forgiveness. It's about we need to talk to ourselves as if we were talking to a child. With that love and that care in our voices. Welcoming people. Knowing we're all welcome. And you need to talk to yourself like you're welcoming God's presence. Call upon the help of those who love you. Call your spirit back. It may be caught in the corners of shame, judgment, and human abuse. You must call in a way that your spirit will return. Speak to it as if you would to a beloved child. Welcome your spirit back from its wandering. It may return in pieces, in tatters. Gather them together. They will be happy to be found after being lost for so long. Now you can have a party. Invite everyone you know who loves and supports you. Keep room for those who have no place else to go. Make a gateway. And remember, keep the speeches short. <laughs>
then you must do this. Help the next person find their own way through the dark. We're welcome into sanctuary. The story of the prodigal son is someone who has left sanctuary, left the presence of God, left that world, left the the safety of that place. And there was no way that he could find the forgiveness in himself to be able to go back into God's presence. But God saw the prodigal son a long way off and fully welcomed and welcomed him back into his presence. And then there was a party. And there was excitement. So we get to this place where we're like, I haven't prayed for so long. I haven't been to church for so long. I haven't been to a small group or I haven't been with my friends for so long. Who's going to accept me back? But if we're a place of kindness and a place of mercy and a place of refuge and a place of respite, we're all welcome back. Perhaps you're here today and life is difficult. Sanctuary is where you find miracles. Sanctuary is where you find healing. Sanctuary is where you can find peace. And this is not because of us, but it's because of the beautiful Spirit of God living in this place. If you're here today that need, and you need prayer, if you're here today and you need some rest, we want to be able to offer that to you. We want to be able to say, you're welcome here, and we want to pray with you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. So if you're at that place, I want you to feel free and encouraged to come and to be in prayer or just to sit and to allow that sanctuary to be there or to come and ask for a copy of this just to help you through your daily prayers. As the keyboard kind of starts to do those lovely sounds that we have sometimes, I want to read this prayer of St. Francis. If you feel comfortable, just close your eyes, bow your heads. I want to read this prayer for us today. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me show love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's say it together. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner.